The reason why the last day of Yom Tif, of Sukkot, the second day of Shemini Yatzeris, that is, is called Simchas Torah. The Ramah tells us, because the Yidden rejoice, they make feasts, for the fact that we're completing the Torah. The Rebbe says we discussed many times that the name that's decided and agreed upon by Torah, that the Torah gives, even though it was set because of a particular reason or a particular thing that's happening or being done at that time or the like, nevertheless, the name is going to hint to the general content of the thing that carries that name, especially based on what's known, that to think something is called is actually the highest, the vitality of that particular thing, and therefore it's understood that even more so that the content, the idea of what it's all about is being expressed through its name. From all of this, we also understand in our case that even though the last day of Yom Tov is being called Simchas Torah because of the reason that the Yidden are rejoicing for completing the Torah, but since this is the name that was set for the whole 24 hours of this day, it's understood that the name Simchas Torah is connected with all the matters of this particular day. Furthermore, from the actual fact that we complete the Torah on this day, that itself is really a proof that this day is essentially connected to the simcha of completing the Torah. And the Rebbe says with this we're going to understand that the Freedic Rebbe said that the bracha that we say on Simcha's Torah, the Shechayonu, is not only for the Yom Tev, but it's also for the Torah itself. Now seemingly, the bracha of Shechayonu is because of the fact that it's the second day of Yom Tev Sheni of Shemini Yatzeres. Nevertheless, since it's being said on this day, which as discussed, has a separate and special name for itself. It's being called Simchas Torah. In fact, this is different to other days of Yom Tov that are Yom Tov Sheni, a second day, Yom Tov Sheni Shalgolius, which usually wouldn't have a separate, distinct, special name. In fact, even when we come to Shvi Shal Pesach, where the next day is called Acharin Shal Pesach, but the actual name Acharin Shal Pesach is also still telling us that it's not a separate, completely separate thing for itself, rather it's the culmination, the completion of Pesach. Whereas Simchas Torah, the name Simchas Torah is showing that it's completely something unique on its own, doesn't say anything in the name that it's in any way connected to Shemini Yatzeris. And therefore the Rebbe says, so even all of the rest of the things of this day, that are connected with the fact that it's the second day of Yom Tov, Yom Tov Sheni Shal but really they're still all connected also with this idea of Torah and the Simcha that we have, Simcha's Torah. Says the Rebbe, we need to understand. Why is it that the Baruch of Shecheyonu that we're saying for Torah is connected specifically to this idea of the Simcha of Torah? The Rebbe says, furthermore, it's actually difficult to say it's, it's, it's even difficult to say that the brach of Shechayanu is connected with the simcha of Torah. Why? Because the simcha we just quoted from the Ramah earlier is for the fact that we're completing the Torah. On the other hand, the brach of Shechayanu, we usually say for an Indian Chadash, for something that's brand new. In our case, this would seemingly, the Shechayanu should be more connected, not with the rejoicing for completing the Torah, but rather for the fact that we are beginning the Torah. The Rebbe says simply we could explain that the Shecheyonu that we're making is actually not for the reading of the or the learning of the Torah by itself, but rather the Shecheyonu is that we're thanking Hashem for the Simcha, for this new joy that we have now, for the fact that we completed the Torah. So rather than saying it's a Shecheyonu 
that's for the beginning of something, but rather it's more similar to the kinds of things like in Birchas Hanenin, when we have, when we enjoy something, we have pleasure of something, something new will make a Shechayanu in a similar way over here. The Shechayanu perhaps is connected with the idea of the special Simcha that we're having for finishing the Torah. But if that's the case, then the Shechayanu is not for the Torah, rather it's the Simcha for completing the Torah, but from the expression of the free Dikarebbe, it sounds like that the bracha is actually for the Torah itself, or at least also for the Torah itself, not only for the fact that we're having simcha for completing the Torah. So we must say that even though the simcha was actually established for completing the Torah, but automatically as soon as we complete the Torah, obviously that's always going to be connected with the fact that we're now going to start the Torah again. Because in Torah, there's never possible to be any sort of amount of time that we're just completing the Torah without continuing to learn Torah. Because immediately, without any sort of interruption, we have that constant obligation of learning Torah, so therefore we need to start Torah anew. And in fact, as the Minig Yisroel is actually, that as soon as we finish reading V'zois HaBrocha, we immediately start again Bereshis. And since the Simcha of completing the Torah is what's actually getting us to start Torah again. So therefore we could say that the bracha of Shecheyanu is automatically not only for the completing of the Torah, but actually for the fact that we are starting the Torah again. But the Rebbe says what's difficult is, if in fact we have the obligation to constantly be learning Torah, and we do learn Torah every single day, and we, we are just completing the Torah, well, now what are we doing? We're starting the same Torah immediately again. So how is that then considered a Dover Chod or something new for which we're saying Shecheyanu? And if it's because of how precious and dear Torah is, well, that should be, and surely is, because we're speaking about people that are surely not Rishoyim. We know the concept that every single day we have to be treating Torah as if it's something brand new. So what are we really saying to Shecheyanu now on Simchas Torah? The Rebbe says the explanation is like this. Since Torah is the wisdom of Hashem, the Chacham of Hashem, and we know that Torah is unlimited, as the Pasuk says, longer than the, any, any measured land, or broader than the sea. Torah is ain't soif, Torah is without a limit. And therefore, when we conclude the Torah and we start learning it again, we have a chiv that's called la fashal, we now need to be increasing, starting to learn Torah in a whole new way. And in a way that's be'ein aroich, completely not compared to the learning of the previous year. And this is really what the Simcha of Simcha's Torah and its connection to the bracha of Shechianu of Torah are all about. That is, that after we conclude the Torah, we make a Simcha for the fact that we just completed one way of learning Torah. And now we're making a Shechianu thanking and praising Hashem for the whole new kind of Limud Torah that we are going to have now in the next round. Now, even though Torah, we need to be learning Torah with our understanding, with our intellect, using our seichel, and seichel, intellect, is always limited. We are finite, and, we're, and seichel is limited. So how can we say that we're going to be learning Torah in a way that's be'ein aroich, completely not compared to the previous way? However, says the Rebbe, since Torah is ein soif, since Torah itself is unlimited, so therefore also in the understanding of Torah, there are also many ways of learning one beyond the other to the extent that we can learn in a oifen chadash in a whole new way and even be'ein aroich completely not compared to the previous way. And the Rebbe gives an example. 
we find the Gemara says about Rabzeira. That where Rabzeira was going to Eretz Yisroel, he was going from Bovel to Eretz Yisroel, he actually fasted a hundred fasts in order to forget Talmud Bavli, so that it shouldn't disturb him, it shouldn't get in the way of being able to appreciate and learn Talmud Yerushalmi. Now seemingly one could ask, why, why does he need to forget Talmud Bavli? Usually the way it works in Seichel, usually the way it works in intellect, is that your knowledge and understanding of something prior to what you're learning now is not going to disturb. In fact, it's usually going to assist you to get to new levels in your understanding and your learning. However, that only applies, says the Rebbe, when we're speaking about things that are be'erech, that are somewhat in some way connected and, and compared to each other, when you have the higher level, is not completely removed from the previous level. But when we speak about learning Talmud Yerushalmi, which for Abzeira was completely higher than the learning of Talmud Bavli, even the way Abzeira learned Talmud Bavli, that is, because regarding Talmud Bavli, it says, it's like sitting in the dark. On the other hand, regarding Yerushalmi, it says, there's nothing like the Torah of Eretz Yisrael, of the Yerushalmi. And therefore, his previous learning would have disturbed him for the whole new style of learning of Talmud Yerushalmi. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand even more what we were discussing about the Shechiyonu and the Simcha that happens on Simcha's Torah. But first, by introducing and explaining that the reason uh, the Rebbe is going to introduce now a new concept and show how this is all connected, and that is that we know that Simcha's Torah we celebrate not after Shavuos or not at Shavuos, the time of Matan Torah, but specifically on Shmini Atzeres. And why are we doing it Shmini Atzeres? So it says that this is connected to the second set of luchas that were given on Yom Kippur. Now we know that when the Yidden were getting the second set of luchas on Yom Kippur, now they're on the level of Baalei Tshuva. And therefore it's a greater simcha than the way the luchas were given. The first set of luchas, which are associated with Chag Shavuos, which at that point the Yidden were more compared to Tzadikim. How does that apply to what we're talking about? So the Rebbe says, after the fast of Yom Kippur, after getting the forgiveness on Yom Kippur, every single Yid is now like on a whole new level. He's a Metzius Chadash, he's like a new entity. And therefore, when he now goes ahead concluding, completing the Torah, he has the ability to learn Torah in a whole brand new way, similar to the second set of Luchos, which were completely higher in many ways, greater in the area of Torah than the first set of Luchos. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we could also explain the connection between the Parsha of the Zoy Sabrocha to Simcha's Torah. In the beginning of the Parsha, the Torah says that Hashem gives Torah to the Yidden in a way of Torah, Tzivolanu Moshe. So Moshe Rabbeinu is giving us the Torah, which that teaches us that Moshe Rabbeinu was obviously himself on the highest level right now in his knowledge and understanding of the Torah. At the same time, Further on in the parsha, what does it say? Vayal Moshe, Moshe goes off. Now regarding this, it says in Kisvei Arizal that Moshe Rabbeinu now reached what's called the Sharanun, the fiftieth gate of wisdom. It's hinted in the words Nevoi, which can be put together from Nun fifty. Boy, he now he has inside of himself. He reached now the fiftieth gate. That means, on the one hand, the Gemara says that Hamishim Shari on those fifty gates of wisdom created, everything was given to Moshe Rabbeinu besides for one. He only had forty-nine, and all of that 
Moshe Rabbeinu has until the time of his passing away. However, right now, in Pasha's Zayis HaBrocha, close to the time of his passing, Nun boy, he's now reaching even the Shar Hanun. Now this Shar Hanun, the 15th gate, the Shaloi Be'erich is completely incomparable to the first 49. So we see this same idea again, that he's first learning Torah B'Shleimus and now reaching a whole new level. Says the Rebbe Vyashloim or Bederachevsha, we could say that in a similar yid way, every single yid experiences on Simchas Torah. When we read and when we learn that Vayal Moshe the Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Har Nevoi, and when we conclude Parshas Vazoyis Abrocha, we are starting Torah again now in a whole brand new way, similar to Moshe Rabbeinu. Says the Rebbe, it's still not fully understood. We say that Simchas Torah is when we're concluding the whole Torah, and now we are starting Torah, learning Torah in a whole new way. But seemingly this wouldn't apply to each and every Yid. This would only apply to those people that have a great understanding of Torah, select individuals, so they could now reach whole new levels in their understanding of Torah. But what connection does this Simcha of Simcha's Torah have to all Yid? That they too should be able to rejoice on Simcha's Torah and make this bracha of Shechayonu on Torah. Furthermore, the Simcha and Simcha's Torah, as we know, is in a way that all the Yidin, from the leaders, from the greatest, till the simplest, the woodchoppers and the water carriers, are all rejoicing together in a similar way. As we see the Minig Yisrael, they're all dancing together, etc. But according to what we said, there should have been a difference in the kind of Simcha, and the greatness of the Simcha. The main Simcha should be by those that are great learners and have a great understanding. The question becomes even more. If the whole point of Simcha's Torah is connected with the Shecheyonu, that we're now reaching a whole new level in the understanding of Torah. So how should have the Simcha expressed itself? It should have expressed itself in something to do with learning Torah. We should learn Torah in a greater way, both quality, quantity. In, in other words, the, and, and once we understand the Torah in a greater way, this is what now how we're going to celebrate and be Simcha. But practically, what do we see? How do we celebrate Torah? Is by dancing with our feet. We're dancing, we're rejoicing with the Torah as it's closed as it's wrapped up in its mantle, in its covering, in a way that we can't even look into the Torah. says that Rebbe, we're going to understand all of this by first explaining the Nusach HaBroch of Shecheyonu V'Kimonu V'Egiyonu L'Zman Hazeh. Which as we know, the Nusach of the Brochis were established by the Anche Knesset HaGdoyle, so we understand how accurate and precise the words are. So, if that's the case, we need some clarification in the Nusach of the Bracha. Number one, what are the three expressions? What's each one teaching us? Shecheyonu, Kiyamanu, and Higiyonu. Number two, the order of how we usually think is usually from the smaller thing, and then we move on to a bigger thing. We're thanking Hashem for something smaller, then moving on to the bigger things. What's called Loizu, Avzu. Not only this, Hashem, He did for us. Wow, He did even something even greater. So that's the way it usually works. If that's the case, let's look at Shecheyanu and the Kiyamanu. Kiyamanu means that something just exists. Shecheyanu means that the thing is also alive. As the Friedrich Rebbe actually also says in that Sikha. So first we should seemingly thank and say Kiyamanu, that we exist, and then add even more the greater thing, that not only we exist, but there's also Chayis, there's also life. The Rebbe brings that it says in the Roikeach, that the three expressions of Shecheyanu, the Kiyamanu, the Kiyamanu, Correspond to a pasuk until we say in davening halali nafshi es Hashem. That's one expression. Ahalalu Hashem b'chayoi and azamru lelekai boidi. But the Rebbe says that itself needs clarification. What are these three inyanim being mentioned in the pasuk, and how are they connected and hinted in these three words of shechiyanu, v'kiyanu, and v'higiyanu? So the explanation is 
when we speak about thanking and praising, that a person thanks Hashem for the fact that he's existing and living up until this point, seemingly there could be a big question. Was life up until now really in a way that we are really so happy and thanking Hashem, Shechayonah, that we lived every moment until now? In other words, it's possible that a person's, most of a person's life was not exactly a very enjoyable, pleasurable, comfortable life. In fact, it could be exactly the opposite. It could be, it, it could be that there was many times of tsar, of pain, of anguish, agmas nefesh. The Rebbe says it's known the svara of chaykrim, of Jewish philosophers, regarding mankind in general, that if we make a full calculation of all the different periods in a person's life, it's possible that the times that were not exactly good and enjoyable were much more than the pleasant and good times. In fact, to use the Lashon of Chazal, that it's possible a person could come to the conclusion that it would have been better that he wasn't even born, that he wasn't even, that he's not even around. And even if there's an individual person, when maybe it's not so sure that he had so much difficulties in his life, but at least, if there's still a suffering, there's still a doubt, and therefore, if he's not sure that, that most of his life was really so good and everything was so good, so isn't there a question on the bracha? How was he really so happy and thanking Shechayonu that I lived up until this moment for every moment of my life up until now? Says the Rebbe, this is actually why we say the word Shechayonu before the word Vikiyamanu. Because as the Rebbe is soon going to explain, that Shechayonu is really referring to a life of Torah. And the Rebbe explains, what does Shechayonu mean? Just like life in the simple sense, life opposite of death of a person is in a way, the, the, the life of the person, the vitality, is from his head down to his feet exactly equal. That means you wouldn't say regarding a person's body that one part of the body is more alive than the other part of the body. Says the Rebbe, the same thing over here, when we say the word Shechiyonu, we're con- speaking about a kind of chayas that encompasses every aspect of the person. And therefore... Because he has this chayis, that's why, because of the Torah basically, as we're about to explain, that's why he's thanking Hashem. And the Rebbe explains why that is. Without Torah, in fact, like we said before, we can't really say that by a person, most of his time is the kind of life and chayis that he should be so thankful for, be thanking Hashem for it. And that is, even if the times of good are outweighing the times that are not so good, Nevertheless, there's still plenty of time that he's not feeling such chayis, such lebedekite, such vitality, such enthusiasm, such excitement. Because, for most people, and our Torah speaks about the majority of people, generally by most people, a huge part of the day, most of the day, is connected to matters of eating, drinking, sleeping, which a person's chayis is not really about these kind of things. That's not really the person's koch. It's not really the person's purpose, his inner desire. In other words, it's not really where his geschmack is. Even business is, which again, these are not the kind of things that a person is doing because he's interested in these things as a goal for themselves. That's not where his chayis, his geshmak is really all about. What's he involved in these things? He's doing it more with his, what's called his chitzayni yisarot. And it's more in an, in an outwardly, outwardly way, because in other words, he needs to have his needs. He needs to get his parnosa, the parnosa for his family. So he gets involved in business. 
And in a similar way, is also his eating and drinking and all these things. That's not what it's all about. That's not where his main gishmak is. However, says the Rebbe, Yid, it's mainly connected with what? With Torah. Torah's Chayim. And he wants that his whole life should be according to Torah. So then everything that he does, his machshava, his thought, his speech, his action, throughout the whole day, are all permeated with a chayis of Torah. Because even when he's involved in business and the like, he's always fulfilling what the Torah is telling him, that it should be, first of all, done in an honest way. And more so, that everything he does is for the sake of Hashem. And even more than that, that everything he does is in a way of getting to know Hashem better, to, it's all for, for Hashem. So in other words, for this person, up until this moment of his time, yes, every single moment of his life, what was he interested in, what does he want, it should be all in a way of chayis, in a way of every moment of his life is, is, is connected to Hashem. And therefore he can be thanking Hashem Shechayonu that I lived a Torah life basically. Lizman hazeh up until this point that everything that I'm here for, every moment of my life is connected with real chayas. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why Viki Yimonu is coming to add another point after Shechayonu. Which we said before seemingly Viki Yimonu, the fact that I exist is less than the fact of life. So why am I adding that afterlife? So the Rebbe says the explanation is like this. Life, vitality on its own, not necessarily has to be by the neshama inside of a physical body. On the contrary, the concept of chayis exists by malachim and even a more revealed way than a neshama inside of a guf. So too, you have a neshama up above before it comes down, lamato, is standing in a constant great bitul and connection to Hashem and therefore they have even a greater chayis. And this is what we mean with Vikiyamanu. We're coming to add a special praise and an additional thing that the highest of the Nisham is coming down into the Guf. That's the Pshat Shechayonu, Vikiyamanu. In other words, the Guf is something that exists. Technically, it could have been existing even without Chayis. Just in a way of Vikiyamanu that it exists. Meaning to say that it doesn't feel the Ruchni is the Kachayis. And this is what we're saying, Shechayonu, that the Chayis is being drawn down into the Guf also. That it also has the real Chayis of Torah and Mitzvahs. And therefore the thanks could also be coming also inside the guf, and that's the pshat of the vikiyamanu. What's vikiyamanu? So says, says the Rebbe, based on all of this, what's the thanks that we're giving for vikiyamanu? Vikiyamanu, so the Rebbe quotes now again from the sikha of the Friedrich Rebbe, from a different sikha, where the Friedrich Rebbe translated the word vikiyamanu from the word yigiya, like ein, the Rebbe says the Yiddish word einmaterin, in other words, tiring ourselves out, really putting in effort and toil, basically. Putting in, putting in energy. And the Rebbe asks the question, what would be so great about that, that the Yiyanu is, that we're actually toiling or working hard? Seemingly, that's actually not, nothing to do with Sheikh Yiyanu. In fact, even when we have something very, very great, but if there's any sort of pain associated with it, we, we wouldn't actually make a Shechiyonu. The Rebbe gives an example we find by a bris milah, that one of the reasons why we actually don't say the brach of Shechiyonu, even though it's a tremendous mitzvah, and it's something that it says that the Yidin were makabal this mitzvah besimcha, and nevertheless, because there's pain involved, the pain of the baby, we don't say Shechiyonu. So what is the pshad Nehigiyonu, that we're being tired out, through the Torah, so to speak, or it's, we're toiling in the Torah, we're exerting ourselves in the Torah, and yet we're saying the Higiyonu is part of the Brach of Shechiyonu. Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, because when we get something as a gift, 
without any avoider, without any effort and toil, we call it nam de chisufa, it's called bread of shame. In other words, you don't really appreciate it. You're embarrassed with it. And that's why you don't have the real simcha for it. On the contrary, it actually awakens in the person a feeling of shame. However, when you receive something through your own effort and toil, then it's much more precious. And that really brings out the greatest simcha. This is similar to what the Razal say. A person would much rather his own kava, name of a small measure, one kava of his own, he'd much rather that than receiving nine of the same from his friend. Says the Rebbe the same thing over here. When can there be the real proper simcha of Shecheyonu and Kiyamanu that we're thanking the Eibishter for the fact that Shecheyonu that we lived up until this point, as we said before, with the highest of Torah and brought it down into our gulf, is when the Shecheyonu of Kiyamanu is coming through our own effort, through our own exertion. Whereas when the highest of Torah in all of his matters, even in his gulf, would have come without that effort, it would have just sort of been there on its own, then the Shleimus HaSimcha wouldn't have been there, and therefore he wouldn't be able to be thanking the Eibishter to the same degree. Says the Rebbe, this Vigiyonu Diyagiyah is not only a reason or a condition that we should be able to be thanking Hashem for the Shecheyonu Vikiyamanu, rather what we're saying is that the actual Yagiyah itself, the actual effort itself, is causing the person Simcha and Tainik that he could have this Yagiyah. And therefore, especially thanking Hashem for this, for the Vihigiyanu, for being able to put in that effort. The Rebbe now goes back to the Roikeach that we quoted earlier, relating Shechiyanu to the Pasuk of Halalinafshi Yis Hashem. Says the Rebbe, now we can explain what the Roikeach said in the three expressions of Shechiyanu are corresponding to Halalinafshi Yis Hashem. Ahalalu Hashem B'chayoy, as Amr Boidi. So the Rebbe says, Ahalalu Hashem B'chayoy, corresponds to the idea of the life of the neshama. As we explained before, that's the shecheyonu. Azam relelikai ba'oidi is connected to the kiyamonu. We explained that kiyamonu is to do with the guf, with the body. And the Rebbe is quoting now from Tanya, where the Al-Tarebbe says that azam relelikai ba'oidi, oidi is actually referring to the guf, which oidi means like something secondary. It's only secondary to the neshama. And finally, the Rebbe says, "Ahalali nafshi es Hashem." That's hinting to the higiyanu, to yigiyah, to effort, to exertion, because yigiyah is specifically a, something that you put in nafshi. You put your whole soul into it. Says the Rebbe. Now we can go and understand the idea of making the brach of shechiyanu on simchas Torah. That is, after the yidden read the Torah and learned the Torah throughout the whole year, and we completed on simchas Torah. What's happening now is there's a whole new level of oil coming down from Ein Soif, so to speak, coming down from Hashem into the Torah. And therefore, when Yidin start reading the Torah again and learning the Torah again, so Kivayachal, so to speak, it's like a new Torah in a certain sense. And therefore, all Yidin are rejoicing, all Yidin are making Shechianu. But more particularly, there are the three things of Shechianu, Vikimanu, Vigianu, to each and every Yid, it's going to be according to his own level. That is... By the Bali Torah, by those that sit and learn Torah, the Yoshvayoyal, by them what's mainly going to be is a whole new learning and understanding Torah in a new way. That's what Shechayonu means. And that's where the Vihigiyonu, the main Yigiyah is going to be mainly in that area of understanding Torah on a deeper level. And there's Osavikiyimonu, as we said, that automatically when you learn Torah in a whole new way, so obviously also there are Voida in their Guf and in the world which for that the Bali Torah are spending less time on, a minimal amount of time, that's also going to be, obviously, in a renewed way. 
On the other hand, by the Mori Uvdin Tavim, by those that are mainly involved in doing good deeds in mitzvahs, Baliasik people involved in the workforce, in business. So even though they might not have a whole new level of their understanding of Torah, but nevertheless, because we just said there's a new oil coming down in Torah, so that causes by them also a chiddush in all three areas of Shecheyonu, Vikiyimonu, Vigiyonu, on their level. That is, that first of all, there's a new chayas in their limud ha-Torah, in the way they conduct themselves, all the, and, and the way they conduct themselves all day according to Torah. And therefore... It's going to be both in the Sheikh Yonu, they're going to be learning Torah with the Nuchayas, and also the Vikiyamanu, the way their guf is living according to Torah. And the Rebbe explains the Vihigiyanu means that they get now additional Koyach for the Yigiyah, to have a real Torah, the Kachayas, in everything that they do. To do everything, whether it's in business or whatever they're doing, should all be Alpi Torah. So too, and their other Gashmi is things like eating, etc., and other needs of the body as well as the Yigiyah also expressing itself in the fact that they tear themselves away a bit from the worldly matters, and to be able to spend more time and toil in their Shiurim Kvuim, in their Set Shiurim, Set also in their Nefesh, in Limud HaToyra. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we're now also going to understand the connection of Simchas Toyra and the Baruch of Shecheyonu to Parsha V'zoy Sabrocha. Because seemingly, since Torah is Havonava Asag, it's all about bad understanding, how do we actually say that it also impacts all of the matters of the person that are not within that world of Seichel, not connected to intellect and to Seichel? So the Parsha teaches us. We have a Pasuk that says, Miminoi Eish Dos Lomoi. The Torah is compared to a fire. Says in the Sifri, Ma Eish just like fire. Anyone that handles fire, his body is going, it's going to leave an impression on his body. So too, Yidin that work hard in Torah, so they are also, it's noticeable on them, amongst other people, it's noticeable that these are people that learn Torah. Talmud Chacham. Talmud Chacham is noticeable, the way he walks, the way he speaks, the way he dresses, goes in the street, and as the Rambam discusses many, many more details in this. So in other words, Torah does impact also all the other parts of the person. If that's the case, says the Rebbe, we can ask the other way the question. We can understand that regarding Talmidei Chacham that are now learning Torah in a whole new renewed way. So we understand that the renewal of Torah is also going to be impacted in everything, the way they walk, the way they talk, the way they do all other things, like etc. But by a regular that's not a Talmud Chacham, what, how is it going to be by him a Chidush in Torah that's happening in Simchas Torah that should impact all of the rest of his life if he doesn't have that renewal in the learning itself? So it should also impact him itself, that he should be able to rejoice to that extent of Shech Yonu. So says the Rebbe, we have another Pasuk in our parasha, Torah is a Yerusha to each and every Yid. And we know that the Halacha by Yerusha is, that it makes no difference the age of the person that's getting the Yerusha. Torah is something that every single Yid gets the Yerusha, and therefore, when it comes to the renewal and the Oir of Torah, and Simchas Torah, so every single Yid gets this renewal and the Hoysafa in his conduct and his Chayis according to Torah. And therefore the main Simcha of Simcha's Torah is specifically by Hakafa, it's not through reading the Torah, not through learning the Torah. It's specifically through those physical actions of dancing, etc. with the Torah itself. Because the main Simcha of Simcha's Torah is not so much about the understanding of Torah, but mainly the fact that Torah is Shecheyanu, makes us alive in every single aspect of ours, all the way down to the very, very physical Maisa